It is so, so lovely to see you all today. I feel really privileged that I get to stand here right now and just look out at all this amazing goodness, all of you incredible, wonderful, special, precious people. It's awesome. You guys are incredible. Aren't our whānau gatherings great? Yeah, Yeah, you're enjoying it so far? We love taking time once a term to bring all the generations together. We, um, Revolution is one big family where every generation is a very valued part of the family. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that speaks about generations, and it's one that I think that we should be really passionate about not repeating. And it's found in the book of Judges in chapter 2, verse 10. It says, After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he'd done for Israel. After that generation. What generation is it referring to? It's referring to a city-taking, Jericho wall-overcoming generation. That's the generation being spoken of. And yet those who came next didn't even know God. Don't you think that's such a tragedy? Such a tragedy and one that we don't want to repeat. You know, in the book of Judges, the pattern was pain from rebellion against God's ways. And then God raised up leaders to lead them out of that pain and back to him. And then the next generation walked away from God and back into pain again. And at Revolution, we're a church where every generation belongs and every generation plays their part. Where one generation tells the next of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. A church where those who will come after us will be empowered to know God and the mighty things that he's done. And that's why it's so important to us in these whānau gatherings to hear the stories of what God is doing across the generations. You know, I love hearing the stories that we've heard this morning. The testimony that Nixon just shared of God healing him of his allergy. How good. I loved at the last whānau gathering, we had Jim and we had Slade share their incredible stories of what God is doing in and through their lives. You know, there is such a faith stirring and an encouragement that comes when we hear the many, many stories of God's goodness in our lives. So this morning, I want to bring a simple message of encouragement about the importance of each generation encouraging each generation in their faith. And yes, I'm very discerning. So I discerned what you were all thinking, and I knew that you were thinking, please, Amy, please let it include another chaotic role play like last time. And the answer is yes, you're in luck. I was like, Lord, what do the people want? That's what they want. So (laughs) the kids did such a great job last time, barring on stage as my noisy sheep, that today there will be another animal role play. Yes, it'll be interactive. So kids, as well as focusing on your activity packs right now, you can focus on those right now, but just listen out for when I need your help, okay? The moment is coming. All right, if any of you want to take notes today, I've titled this message, Stronger Together. I'm going to begin with a story. A grandma wrote this letter. Today, I went up to a local Christian bookstore and saw a honk if you love Jesus bumper sticker. Well, I was feeling particularly sassy that day because I had just come from a thrilling choir performance followed by a thunderous prayer meeting. So I bought the sticker and put it on my bumper. I was stopped at a red light at a busy intersection, just lost in thought about the Lord and how good he is. I didn't notice the light had changed to green. 
well, it's a good thing that someone else loves Jesus because if he hadn't honked, I'd never have noticed. I found that lots of people love Jesus. Why, while I was sitting there, the guy behind me started honking like crazy and he leaned out the window and screamed, for the love of God, go, go, Jesus Christ, go. What an exuberant cheerleader he was for Jesus. Everyone started honking. Well, I just leaned out my window and started waving and smiling at all these loving people. I even honked my horn a few times just to share in the love. There must have been a man from Florida back there somewhere because he yelled out something about a sunny beach. I saw another guy waving in a funny way with only his middle finger stuck up in the air. I asked my teenage grandson in the back what that meant. He said, Grandma, it's probably a Hawaiian good luck sign. Well, I'd never met anyone from Hawaii, so I leaned out the window and gave him the good luck sign back. <laughs> my grandson burst out laughing. Why, even he was enjoying this religious experience. A couple of the people were so caught up in the joy of the moment, they got out of their cars and started walking towards me. I bet they wanted to pray with me or ask what church I attended. But this is when I noticed that the light had changed. So I waved to all my brothers and sisters, grinned and drove through the intersection. I did notice that I was the only car that got through before the light changed again. I felt kind of sad that I had to leave them all and all that love we'd shared. So I slowed my car right down. I leaned out the window and I gave them all the Hawaiian good luck sign. <laughs> One last time as I drove away, praise the Lord for such wonderful folks. I think some of the kids have just clicked what the Hawaiian good luck sign is. <laughs> All right, does anyone have one of those bumper stickers? No. No, and neither do I, and I probably never would, because I wouldn't know if people were honking because they loved Jesus or because they didn't like my driving. Like, it could go 50-50, so <laughs> too risky. <laughs> you know, the world as we know it is changing so fast. The post-COVID world has presented many challenges, many changes, many implications, and the church has come under scrutiny for all the wrong reasons. We seem to live in an age now that is increasingly hostile to different points of view, and the church has often seemed to be far from a united family. But one thing that I believe that's happening this year is that God is seeking to strengthen his church and strengthen his people. I believe through everything that we're having to navigate, God wants to make us stronger, stronger in our faith, stronger in our values and our convictions and our love for others and in all of our relationships. Because make no mistake, you will never ever be as strong as you can be without developing strong connections and strong, healthy interdependence on others. My key verse for today, and kids, you can find this on your activity sheet. It's the yellow box ready to read along with me. Get it out, get it out, Jet. Yes, mum. <laughs> Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Thanks for reading along with me. Appreciate that. <laughs> it was good. 
You know, what are we as Christians supposed to be known for? It's time for a quick quiz. Who likes quizzes? Great. All right, call out if you know the answer. Do you know what certain animals are called when there's more than one? Oh, you've got to wait for the, you've got to wait. Okay, a lion, a group is called a? Pride, off to a good start. A group of rhinos is called a? A crash, yes. A group of owls is called a? Parliament. You guys know your animals. A group of crows is called a? A murder. That's crazy. A group of vultures is called? Clinton. Clinton, the quiz king. A group of vultures is called a committee. A group of flamingos is called a? A flamboyant. Give that man a crunchy bar. (laughs) Did you read my notes beforehand? You just know stuff. You know, most of those, you'd agree, oh, most of those are pretty accurate descriptions, right? Flamboyant flamingos, crashing rhinos, murdering crows. You know, what are Jesus followers corporately known as? The church. (laughs) The church. But you know, for many people, when they hear the word church, sadly, they think judgmental, hypocritical, religious. But you know what? We are supposed to be known for our radical love for one another. You know, I love that scripture that we read. It reminds us that there is such great strength in team. Standing together with one spirit and one purpose is something that I believe wholeheartedly we need to grasp in this season. And as we do that, our radical love for one another will catch people's attention and it will draw people to God. I'm convinced of that. So I want to unpack this truth today, like I said, with a parable. All right, Juliet, you're not allowed to call the answer out because you got this right last time. Who remembers, kids, what the word parable means? And Juliet. No, a parable is a story to make a point. A story to make a point. You know, Jesus used parables all the time to teach important truths. So today is not um, a biblical parable. You won't find this in your Bible, but it is a parable from nature. And it is the parable of the geese. Yes, the parable of the geese. You know, geese are really quite phenomenal. I've decided that if I was to be an animal, I would want to be a goose. There are several reasons. I'm going to share some facts with you about Canadian geese. Who likes learning interesting facts? You can file this away for future quiz nights. All right. First interesting fact is that Canadian geese migrate. They travel at an average speed of 65 kilometers an hour, and they travel between 3,500 and 5,000 kilometers to get to warmer countries for winter. Genius. They are genius. So first reason I'd want to be a goose. Hello. Who would not want to escape some of Christchurch's cold, gloomy, dreary winter days for somewhere tropical and warm? Anyone with me on that? So I got Jet to look up some facts for me of the distance. 4,000 kilometers from New Zealand is Queensland. I could go there for winter. 3,755 kilometers to the Solomon Islands. I could also go there every winter. I'd be quite happy to do that. Second fact about geese is that they have a common purpose and they achieve incredible things by working together. Second reason I'd love to be a goose is that I love that they don't fly or live solo. 
They work together as a team. They understand the power, the synergy, the momentum that comes from working as a team. I am a big fan of teamwork. Anyone else? Yes. You know, as the church, we have a common purpose as God's kids. We were created by God to love Him first and foremost, but also to love others, to make disciples, and to advance His kingdom here on the earth. And we are supposed to fly towards that purpose, not just limp along. Agree? So today I want to explore three things that we can learn from the geese and apply to our lives. So this is where I'm soon going to need some helpers. So if you want to be one of my geese this morning, you don't need to audition, but you do need to be someone who listens really well and follows instructions. So that's everyone here, right? (laughs) So be ready in a moment to come up. All right, if you're taking notes, I have these points today. Three lessons from the geese. Firstly, they go further together. Do you know it is estimated that geese can fly 75% to 80% further when flying together than any individual goose can fly by themselves? 75 to 80% further. And how do they do that? Well, you've probably seen them. They fly in a V formation. So kids, I need you to come on up. I need some geese right now. I'm going to get you on this side over here. You can be a goose on this side. Alrighty, all right. Get your little goosey masks on. Oh, we've got a big, yeah, you can be, I think I've got enough. Ah. All right, who still needs one? And, all right, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm just gonna turn this off for just a moment so you don't hear my bossiness, AKA leadership direction I'm about to get. Hey, look at that. Check these guys out. Okay, no honking at the moment. That moment's going to come. You've got to just fly silently at the moment. But what happens is the lead goose breaks the air resistance for the others, but the other's upbeat creates extra lift for the one at the front. And then they all take a turn at leading. Go, go, Jen. You come to the front. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, there we go. And they, they rotate round so that the um, front goose gets a break and gets to... Yeah, there we go. Oh, yep, yep. Look at that. Yes. FYI, this is completely impromptu and completely unrehearsed. So it could be chaotic, but I'm hoping my points will get across. They're doing so well so far. (laughs) All right, kids, goose statues. Arms down and freeze. Fantastic. You're just going to freeze for just like two minutes. All right, well done. You know, in our Western culture, one of our greatest enemies is individualism. We have such a focus on being independent able to sort all our problems out by ourselves and not need, not need others. Do you agree? Yeah. You know, for example, a lot of focus goes into raising kids to be independent. But is that really what they need to be? You know, I think our goal for those of us who are parents shouldn't be to raise our kids to be completely independent when they leave home. But kids, wiping your own bottom and doing your own shoelaces would be a good thing by the time you're 18 at least. Okay? <laughs> you don't want your parents still doing that. But, you know, I believe raising our kids to be healthily interdependent, to be confident and secure in themselves and who God's created them to be, but still very aware of their limitations, their struggles, and their need for community. Not setting out to live life in isolation, but surrounded by a healthy community. 
You know, when are we going to realize that our struggle to be independent only ever limits our lives? Friends, if we're going to move into all God's called us to, let's learn the first lesson from the geese, that we will always go further together. Yes. All right. Second lesson from the geese, they leave no one behind. Okay, geese, you can fly again. Jet, you can come be the lead goose again. We're just going to rotate around. Jet's turn to come to the front. All right. So they're flying along, flying along. Do you know what? If one goose has to drop out of formation due to injury, if they can't keep up due to injury, fatigue, or sickness, they drop out of formation and they land on the ground immediately. And as soon as they do that, jet, drop down. I did ask him to do that. Yeah, there we go. Immediately, two other geese will drop out of formation and land with that goose to protect it and encourage it until it's ready to fly again. At which point, they'll travel together to catch up to another group of geese. Go to the back, boys. You can be the lead goose. Yep, fly together, catch up to another group of geese. Oh, how good. You know, isn't that a picture of how we intuitively know what the Christian life is supposed to be like? All right, freeze goose statues again. Perfect. Yet for many of us, when we face challenges, what are we tempted to do? Tempted to isolate ourselves. We withdraw, we pull back. Some people stop coming to church. We shut others out while we try to sort ourselves out. Galatians 6 verse 2 says, Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. You know, to be obedient to this instruction from God, we need to know what burdens other people are carrying. And we need to get better at letting other people into our struggles and allow them to help carry us. You know, God has designed us to both need others and be needed by others. So let's commit to building the kind of church where healthy interdependence is normal, where we can learn that we need each other. All right, third lesson from the geese. Kids, you're going to like this one. You've been waiting for this moment, I can tell. Third lesson from the geese is, but don't do it yet, they honk each other on. You know, one of the most interesting things about geese that fly in formation is that you can hear them from miles away, right? And why is that? They always honk as they fly. So kids, you're going to, in your V formation, you've got 15 seconds. You're going to fly down that aisle, across the back, back up here, honking as loud as you can. On your marks, get set, go! Go, go, go! Stay together, stay together, stay together, stay together! Back up, back up! Okay, we did think that was a race rather than staying together as a V. Is this annoying anyone yet? Hands up if it's annoying you. Oh! No, it wasn't annoying me yet. And you can blow into it, it'll be real. Oh, you can blow into it, Jet says. Is it annoying anyone yet? Only one person. I won't stop till it's annoying all of you. No, anyway. Um, guys, you were amazing. I knew you kids would be awesome at that. How about you pop your mask fit here? Everyone's going to give you a big clap. Thank you. And on your activity sheets, kids, are those three points I just made. 
and you've got some questions to answer about how you can encourage other people, about how, who are the people in your life that can help you when you're struggling. So why don't you take some time to write down some answers to those questions? You know, when it comes to the honking, researchers have looked for a reason, and it is widely accepted that there are two reasons that geese do this. Firstly, so that the geese know where each other are and don't fly into each other. That is a really logical, practical reason. I like that. Secondly, it is believed that that is how they encourage each other to fly such incredible distances. So it's believed one of the secrets to their great accomplishment is that they fly with a spirit of encouragement. I love that. You know, isn't encouraging one another the picture we see of the church in the New Testament? Hebrews 10 verse 25, I love this verse. And let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. And all the more, especially now the day of his return is drawing near. You know, as Jesus followers, we've been called to live a life that's counterculture, often going against the flow. It's a life that involves sacrifice. Sometimes it requires us to take steps of faith that are risky and can feel a little bit scary, right? So how do we as Christians continue to run a race like that? Well, we have to be committed to honking each other on, to cheering each other on, to stirring each other up, to having each other's backs, right? Honk, honk, you know it. You know, everyone needs it. I am yet to meet a person who doesn't need encouragement. You know, even the most seemingly secure and confident people, they still need encouraging. Yeah. You know, this is the church that God is building. It's a church where we go further together. You know, we've got a journey to take. God has got us on a journey, and let's do it by leveraging the strength that we can get from each other, carrying each other's burdens, championing each other's dreams, partnering together to step into all that God has got for us individually and corporately as a church. Secondly, we leave no one behind. We refuse to see helping each other as an inconvenience. We take time to notice and to come alongside those who are struggling. We pray for one another. We support each other in the good times and in the hard times. And thirdly, we honk each other on. We are committed to building a spirit of encouragement. You know, let's be people who don't just think well of each other, but we tell each other too. Who here today can you encourage at the end of this gathering? Have a think right now. Who is someone in this building that you can go and give a word of encouragement to as we finish today? If I can have the um, team come and join me, that'd be awesome. You know, God's heart for Revolution Church is that we would continue to be a beacon of hope and love to this region and beyond. That increasingly, People will be drawn here as they will see the love and the passion that this group of people have for Jesus, for each other, and for the people of this region and beyond. I'm going to ask right now that um, everybody puts down anything you've been taking notes with. I'm just going to ask you to all stand for a moment, children included. I ask that you stand, close your eyes. Just open your hearts to what God has been saying, what he's been stirring, what he's been doing in our midst this morning. Because I would love to take a moment just to pray for us all. 
So why don't you just close your eyes and just position, position yourself. God wants to speak. Thank you, Lord. God, above all, help us to live as citizens of heaven, conducting ourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. May we stand together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Fill us and empower us with your spirit that we may go further together, leave